last time on Leighton Legends. Val, Mordecai, you are under arrest. I never mean for these things to happen. You, you, you got you got to believe me on that. It's that's not me. I don't know why they put you in here. You didn't hurt any of them. Yeah, to be honest, I was a little shocked to be thrown down here, but all right, I'm going to go to the jail now. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Oh, Gio, is that you? I'd like to miss you step out through the door. Jesus Audience. Christ, is that Finn? We'd like to plead a case. Uh, uh, no, you have to go back to the brick. You, you, both of you have to get out of here right now. You guys can't come in. I would just like to inspect the cargo. Inspect the cargo. Finn, you go back to the brig. And Slash, you can explore all the cargo you want. So Michael casts Inflict Wounds. The total is 58 points of damage. And right before you lose consciousness, he says, I'll see you in the morning. Giovanni. Giovanni. So welcome back, guys, to another episode of Leighton Legends. We left off on a bit of a cliffhanger last time. Let's see how you guys deal with it. About 20 minutes after Val was left in the brig, there's a knocking outside the brig door. That's our prompt for today. You know, I was thinking last time I, I prepared too much. <laughs> I, I've, got a couple, I've got a couple questions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not even in the scene. <laughs> no, Giovanni is not here yet. <laughs> Am I dead? No, I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> Come in. We're in the brig. We can't open the door. Oi. So, uh, Mordecai, in your Mordecai and not Tom voice, you call out, Come in. And there's kind of like a gruff coughing from outside the door, but nobody comes in. Anybody there? Identify yourself. Nothing. Nothing. Nobody says nothing. Here you are. Go take a look out of that peephole. I mean, we can't open it from in here. Can we see other people? Is there a way we can like, whoosh, like you know, kind of like use our fingers to like press it and poke it slide and then it? slide to the yeah. side? <laughs> you can try. Can I have you make a sleight of hand check? Sure. I mean, sleight of hand is used for like doing deceptive things with nobody seeing, but this feels appropriate <laughs> somehow. Uh, I rolled a five for my sleight of hand. Okay, you are not able to move this little cover for for the window into this room. All right, all right. Let me try. And I'm going to let Mage Hand do it. Uh, all right. I'm going to do the same rule. You have to do a sleight of hand check. That's a 20. Ooh. Okay, yeah. Using Mage Hand, you create this spectral hand and it kind of floats towards the door. There's the knocking still going on there. And your Mage Hand kind of pushes at the little latch, the slide in front of the window looking in. And it opens up. You can see outside. You hear a frightened kind of cry as you do that. <laughs> and then it goes quiet. And then the latch closes. Hmm. How rude. We can't open the door from in here. This is, this is the brig. You hear a muffled voice from the other side. And they say, I know. And then you hear footsteps walking away. Hmm. Well, I hope that guy wasn't supposed to drop off our supper. <laughs> Did the voice sound familiar at all? Um, as best you can tell, no. Doesn't sound familiar. Hmm. Yeah, I know all of my sailor and pirate voices just start to seem the same <laughs> after a while. But yeah, you don't recognize his voice. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, we can't open the door from in here, can we? It's a jail. No. But you know what's weird about this moment? You spend a few minutes just kind of sitting there wondering what that was about, because it's kind of weird. A little bit bizarre. And then all of a sudden, you hear footsteps again, walking back up the hallway to the brig. 
There is a knocking at the door. The latch opens, and you see eyes looking in, and a voice says, Stand back from the door. Oh, I- oh, oh, crap. Uh, Val, I mean, Tom, I mean, uh, whatever. I spend to you. Flawless. <laughs> Flawless. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold him back. The door opens, and standing before you is first mate Michael, holding the body of Giovanni. His face, Giovanni's that is, not Michael's, mm. is pale and sickly, like the color of a porcelain doll. But most notably, his hands and feet are closely bound in iron shackles, with chain running between the two. Giovanni's body is pushed into the room unceremoniously. Michael says to you, We'll see you guys in a few hours. And the door closes. You hear a locking noise from the outside, and then steps as they fade away. I'd like to use uh, the Ring of the True Companion to bring him back up to 1 HP. Tell me about the Ring of Companionship. Okay. When another creature that you can see who is also wearing one of these rings drops to zero hit points, you can use your reaction to spend one of your own HP to cause that creature to go to one HP instead. All right, sounds good. So Giovanni, he's lying crumpled on the floor and you rush over to him and you lay your hand on him. And as your hand reaches down to his shoulder to kind of stir him, you feel a slight draining, a sensation of energy leaving your body. And then all of a sudden you hear a... <laughs> yeah, just like that. Evil. You all right, buddy? Evil. What the hell happened? Evil. There's evil on the ship. He's evil. Yeah, that's why they sent us here. Scrape evil. Oh. Val, he's loopy. Can you do something? <laughs> Can I lay it upon a th- hands upon myself? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay. Um, in fact, it's a little bit easier for you because your hands are closer to your body because they are all shackled together. It's a little awkward as you kind of try to reach up and like lay them on your face. That's the easiest way for you to be able to heal yourself. If that's where he's going to lay them. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and juice myself up 20 hit points. Cool. So you're now back up to 21 hit points. Oh, sweet. He's evil. <laughs> I'd like to uh, cure wounds if he could take it. Yeah, sure. Roll some cure wounds. Man, sure was short-sighted of Michael to throw Giovanni back into the brig with a bunch <laughs> of magicians that could heal him up. I'm sure he's he's got some f- scheme cooked up. Oh, yeah. Don't we all? Uh, I'm just going to cast it at first level, I think. That's cool. Okay. Like, you don't have to use that if you you don't want to. Like, no, I'm man. We got we to gotta get you beefed up, man. You're not looking too hot. <laughs> So roll 1d8 and add 3, which is your wisdom modifier. Yep. Nine hit points. Uh, so I'm up to 30. That's uh, that's good. First mate Michael is a, a treacherous foe. He's very powerful, versed in the ways of magic. Well, that's an awful lot of hypocrisy then. <laughs> Leaving us down here. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I killed a bunch of their guys, guys. Like... Yes, we must kill him. I must break these cuffs. I want to attempt to... I'm going to roll strength to try to break free of the cuffs. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it's a 14. You are unable to break through the cuffs. <laughs> ah, foiled by the cuffs. <laughs> Just writhing around on the ground like a fool. Just flailing around, chains banging on the floor. <laughs> I was so hurt a moment ago, and now I'm just like, ah, like riding around like a mad possessed man. <laughs> Can we knock him back out? <laughs> Equipment-based question. Do I still have my pauldrons on? 
Uh, yes. Okay. I'm not going to try to, like, bash out of these. I'm just curious, because they probably took my sword away, right? John, you and I both know at some point you will try to bash out of somewhere with those shoulders. So, they're still there. No, I'm worried about my longsword plus one. I don't want to lose that baby. Yeah, the Mm. longsword is gone, as well as your shield. Fudge. Well, I'm pretty much useless now if we try to get in a fight. (laughs) Hmm. I'm out of ideas. I'm just riding around like a lunatic. Waiting for, uh, I will crush first guy, Michael. He's dead now. I will. Do we have any butter or grease or, I don't know. Senor Clean? Ah! How caustic is it? How caustic is Senor Clean? You have no idea. Does Gio still have the MSDS or no? <laughs> I don't think he ever had the MSDS. <laughs> I don't think we have the Senior Clean on us. So before we go down this rabbit hole, perhaps we should seek a more uh, prudent means of releasing me from these chains. I only have two thoughts. One is I try and freeze the chains and you try and break out of them again. Ooh. Oh, I like that. The other one is a bit more dangerous. I like where this is going. <laughs> well, you remember how I used Dragon's Breath on top of the boat and it accidentally killed a bunch of people? Like, I could change the damage to acid and we could melt the chains, <gasps> touch Geo, and he could breathe acid on his own change. Dude, melt the door, man. And melt the door lock. Yeah, that, yeah acid, plant acid, acid me up, use my mouth, I'll <laughs> f- Would you be a willing creature? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Giovanni, I've got, a, I've got a terrible idea. Would you be averse to me pumping some magic through you? That sounded wrong. Into you? Out of you? Mordecai, under different circumstances, I would be vomitly opposed. But right now... Juice me up with all your magic sauce. <laughs> control, Mordecai. Exercise control. Clear your mind. I know, that's why I'm nervous about doing this. Get, put put all your magic up inside me, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> okay, I'm going to cast this as a careful spell using uh, a few of my sorcery points so that Giovanni doesn't hurt himself. And I would like to use Dragon's Breath. I touch a willing creature and imbue them with the power to spew magical energy. I'm going to choose... Well, we could either do acid or cold. What do you think would work better? Acid. Acid. <laughs> All right. Then we'll do acid. Um, and you'll be able to shoot that out of your mouth in a 15-foot cone. Oh, so you're no, going to hold those no. chains really close to your mouth. Well, no, no, no. The cone, it gets bigger. Like, if it's a foot away from me and it's 15 feet at the end, the fulcrum of it would only be like half a foot or something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what I would say is put the chain right close to your mouth and aim towards the door. (laughs) What about my feet chain? How am I bound right now? (laughs) How are you bound? Yeah. You have manacles on your hands and on the ankles of your feet, and then there is a chain that is running the length between the two. So, you have one going from your feet up to your arms. Okay. So, I'm going to go into, like, kind of like a laying down squat (laughs) and, like... (laughs) Hold my hands by my feet. Like an on-your-back fetal position. Yeah, exactly. Like hands by the feet and ready to just spew facing the door. Okay. Okay. Jeez. (laughs) All right. I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder. I'll go, are are you ready? This is going to get weird. Just quick, Morty. We don't want to flood the brig with acid, okay? (laughs) Praise be to the object. (laughs) All right, here we go. And I'm going to I'm going to pump it into him and uh cast Dragon's Breath. All right. Uh you cast Dragon's Breath. You want to describe to me what Dragon's Breath does again? So, he's going to spew magical energy out of his mouth. He's going to spew uh magical acid, I guess, 
in a 15-foot cone, and basically anything in the way of that cone has to make a DC 15 dexterity save or be hit by it for 3d6 acid damage. (laughs) Ouch. Okay, so we're going to have to kind of... (laughs) The chains have to roll... (laughs) Yeah, because uh, I don't think the chains are going to roll a deck save. <laughs> That's not going to happen. There is a DC for being able to break out of manacles, rather. So I'm going to say that this is an acid attack. So this is going to be a magical acid attack. And you have to try and beat their DC, which is the strength of this metal. Okay. So what I will do is I will allow, I guess in this case, Giovanni to roll a d20 and add your spell casting modifier to it. And that'll determine what happens with these manacles. All right. So just roll, roll a strap d20. And then add seven. Jesus Christ. I pumped everything into my spell casting. Well. Oh, well, well, that's a three, so. <laughs> not enough. <sighs> For a grand total of 10. Brennan, can I have you roll a wild magic surge? I rolled a one. <laughs> well, we're off wow. to the great start. Okay, I'm going to finish this uh, Giovanni scene, and then we're going to tackle what happens after that. Okay. <laughs> what was that conversation you were having with Val earlier this morning about, like, the evils of magic and learning control? I'm trying. <laughs> he did say he was doing it carefully, though. <laughs> he careful spelled it. That's right, so that everybody in the vicinity of me is protected from the effects of the spell. They automatically save on that DC throw. Okay, excellent. Even still, like, Val has, like, our poop bucket, like, you know, ready to try and, you know, mop up some any excess, uh, (laughs) excess acid, you know, like. (laughs) Sure, okay. So let's go back to Giovanni. So you rolled a three. Everybody here is going to be safe from the acid because it is a careful spell. So it's something that's just going to kind of move around you. So, Giovanni, you're laying on your back in a weird kind of situation here. You projectile vomit all over the cuffs in front of you, and the acid hits them, and you can hear this steaming hiss as it hits it. You can even hear a steaming hiss on the door because the dragon's breath continued past the cuffs. It didn't hurt your feet, didn't get on any of that. But unfortunately, there is no effect. They're not easier to break. There's this acidy kind of feeling to them. It kind of feels like you spilt some stomach acid on your hands, and it burns a little bit. But you said the chains made a made like a no, like a hissing noise when it hit it. Yeah, the chains made a hissing noise. And as you look down at them, you can see that there are two locks, one for your handcuffs and one for your feet cuffs. You can see that the little locking mechanism that's there, the little hole where you would put in a key, starts to kind of melt. Oh, no. And deform. (laughs) And then the acid dies down. The magic starts to disperse itself from the field in front of you. And you can see that you can no longer get access to the lock. (sighs) Oh, I'll try to break them again now that they're weakened and the lock is compromised. Okay. Nat 20, 23, 23 strength. <laughs> All right. Lovely. Damn it. The plan worked. Now we're breaking the chains. The lock getting melted might have weakened it, right? Yeah, and that seems to be the case. So you melted through the lock, and with a mighty pull, Giovanni, you just rip these manacles apart. It's kind of a weird situation. So you have the cuffs on your feet and your arms, but they're now ripped apart at your hands and ripped apart at your feet. But the chain that's connecting the two is still connected from your left hand to your left foot. So you kind of have a weird situation there. (laughs) That's great. I'm I'm into that. Okay. 
Hmm. Brendan, Mordecai, could I have you roll AD 100 as I pull up this wild magic surge spell sheet you sent me? <laughs> 92. Huh. I don't remember this one. I hope it's good. Magical weapons appear before you. Party dies. <laughs> Okay. That's not a good sign. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be good or bad yet. I have to roll some stuff, actually, which kind of makes this fun. Interesting. Okay, so I'm going to roll 2d20. <laughs> and I got 35. So I'm going to read off to you what this wild magic surge says happens. So Mordecai, you laid your hands on Giovanni and you imbued him with enough magic in order to shoot acid from his mouth and melt these manacles and then break free. But Giovanni has like a few moments of like being excited after breaking this. And then all of a sudden there's a popping noise that's right above you. 35 coconuts fall from the sky in a 30-foot radius around the caster. Each creature must make a dexterity save against the caster spelled save DC or take 3d6 bludgeoning damage. So could I have each of you make a dexterity save? And Brandon, can you tell me what your DC save is? Just a moment, Josh. These are appearing directly above our head in the brig or are these like falling from the sky? Like They're appearing from like the rafters of the brig. Oh, okay, okay. So like people on deck... Don't, don't have any idea yeah, what's they, going down. They didn't just get hit with a bunch of coconuts. Only you okay. guys are getting hit with a bunch of coconuts. I thought that might have been like divine intervention for a moment, but okay. No, no, absolutely not. Can you break down the interdimensional physics on how this, <laughs> them falling from the ceiling of the brig equates to 3d6 bludgeoning? Like, are they getting beamed in from like a hurricane or something? Uh, no, they are just, all of a sudden there's just a popping noise and just 35 coconuts fall from the rafters of this room and start hitting you guys. Everybody has to beat a 15. <laughs> well, I rolled a 10. Wait, my careful spell only worked for the acid damage, right? Only worked for the acid damage. Because okay. he didn't cast this coconut spell. because he wasn't spell. aiming at us, so. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's more about the effects that are okay. surrounding you. Uh, that was a 10 for Val as well. That would be an 18. Okay. Mordecai, all of a sudden you hear that popping noise, and you just kind of deftly step to the side as you know that something bad is about to happen. And Val and Giovanni, you guys take 15 points of bludgeoning damage. Oof. Oh, ow. Why does this always happen? At least it's not fire. Can I uh, eat a coconut to regain all that health? I know. Hey, Giovanni, yeah. do you want to eat a coconut? We spend the next day eating coconuts. <laughs> Describe to me how are you eating this coconut? I fucking smash it with my chain. That's still like I'm just using the, the shackle that's still around my wrist to just like smash it in half. All right. Um, could <laughs> I can't believe like these are the search things I have in my Google right now is strength save of a coconut D&D 5e. <laughs> like this is what I have to do. Each coconut is 2d4 uh, HP. Uh, it sounds like something there's homebrew for. <laughs> Probably. I'm going to ignore it because I don't have time to look it up. I tried finding it quickly, but nothing's there. Sure. Okay. Do a strength check as you smash this coconut on the bottom of the brig. 20. Okay. You crack this coconut open. Juice flies everywhere. You're sitting there with a coconut that is crushed in your hands. I want I want to lick up, lap up some of that sweet coconut juice. And from the up. brig floor? From the brig floor? Giovanni? No, from the piece. I'm assuming there's a piece that's like facing up. I just want to like lick it off and then like bite. 
by like a nice white hard meaty chunk of coconut. Yeah. Okay. So you do that. As you are chewing, all of a sudden, all the coconuts in the room around you turn back into plasmic goo. What? You have a bunch of plasma in your mouth now. Can I spit it out? Yep, you spit it out. At the lock. (laughs) (sighs) Well. You know what? Of all of my backfires, at least this one was tasty. (laughs) Uh, So you guys are now just kind of sitting in a room full of ectoplasm. um, And, uh, yeah, having a good time. I've got a better idea. Spectral sheet. Ooh, I'd do it. Uh, so I pull it out. I'm not putting it on just yet, but I pull it out uh, and I go, I could float out of here and then I could take it off and open up the door or um, I could put it on. I could float out of here and sneak into the captain's quarters or something. I don't know. But once it's off, it's off for the day. I suspect you'll need to find a key, Mordecai. We seem to be locked in here. We know that much, right? Mm, yeah. Well, it could just be a latch. Could be. I didn't notice. I didn't notice. I mean, unless one of you guys wants to float around. So I want Val to roll a seafaring knowledge check. So you were told in last episodes whether this door required a key or not. And I'm using this to simulate you remembering whether there is a key or a latch that holds this door closed. Okay. Uh, 25. Okay. So Val, you explicitly know that there is a key for this door because Michael mentioned it a few times. Okay. Very good. Do I know where he keeps it? No idea. Last time you saw it, it was on his person. Okay. A pocket around his neck. Wait, what if we all charge the door at once? Hold on, hold on. Mordecai had a great idea there. (laughs) All three of us shoulder check the door at the same time. Sure. And I mean, Giovanni, if you punch it first, you get to use a cold shoulder, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And is the door weakened at all by the acid that went on it? I imagine it would be. Best you can tell, uh, this door is fine. Hmm. All right, but I'm just thinking on a, on a micro level, like I smashed it with a sword last time and now it's got a bit of acid on it. So it must be weakened at least a little bit. It's been shaken <laughs> or just horribly disfigured. <laughs> yeah, it's got a couple extra gashes. A little, little graffitied. So uh, let's put Geo, you're the you're the biggest and heaviest of us. No offense. Uh, let's put you by where the latch would be the weakest part of the door. And then since Val and I are kind of skinny. We'll just support you from behind and try it out. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Let's do it. All right. Okay. And run towards the door. <laughs> so I'm going to give you advantage on this for the initiative that you guys are taking and kind of how you are planning out how you want to break out through this door. So go ahead and roll a strength check with advantage. Oh, my God. 14 is the highest. Okay. So you smash into the door and you are thrown back. Okay. Uh, Ow. Well... <laughs> Get on the outside, I suppose. Um, that would be me. I've got a, pl- I've got a bit of a plan, lads, but it's bold. It's bold. Shoot! Before I put this cloak on. Okay. I, I was, I was thinking I can maybe slip through the slot, the viewport, as a rat. Ooh. If we can get it back open again. Oh. And maybe if I can track down Michael and get that key off of him, it's, it's a far cry. It's a lot of far cry. It's a lot. It'd be a lot scurrying around. I don't know. It's worth a shot, maybe. Go for it. Let's let's open up that slider again and let you out that way. Yeah, I, li- I like the rat stuff. Because rats can squeeze through just about anything. Yeah, I- I'm confident that I can get through. It'll be a matter of finding Michael, obtaining the keys surreptitiously, getting them back here, getting us out, and then figuring out <laughs> what the hell to do. I would like to save that cloak to sneak into said uh, captain's room, because I've been trying to do that this whole trip. Gross. Sounds like we've got a couple hours, boy. 
Well, I mean, she's obviously hiding something in there. Okay, so what do you do? Tell me what happens. Well, uh, does someone else want to take a hand at that slider? Because I'm not going to be able to strength tag check that sucker open. Yeah, I'll go for it. Cool. Sure, okay. And it was sleight of hand, right? Yeah. 15. Okay, yeah. So, uh, Mordecai, you're able to kind of put your fingers through the slots in the viewport into the brig, and you're able to kind of slide this little wooden bar back, and conceivably, Val would be able to get through here. All right, Val, I'm going to hold this open. You just crawl out my back and out the out the slider. Okay, sounds good. Don't bite the coattails. Bite <laughs> the coattails. Val's going to uh, anamorph into Rat Val. All right, I think you nailed it with that Foley work. I don't have to do any description there. Val is now a rat. Mordecai, you kind of lean down and you pick Val up and you put him in the palm of your hand. And I guess Val scurries along your arms and out through the viewport. Yep. All right, there you are. Val, you are outside of the brig. Again. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> For the second time today, you have escaped the brig. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, okay, I want to just cautiously cautiously make my way around the ship i'm i'm, I'm scanning for michael I, I i going to maybe check up top i guess first okay uh you are unceremoniously kind of dumped onto the floor which is like a uh a five foot fall for a rat which is probably not fun for you kind of knocks the rat wind out of you yeah and you're scurrying along the hallway that leads up to the brig could i have you roll a stealth check sure do rats have any bonuses for stealth oh um i'm going to take a quick look here uh, it was a crit fail <laughs> <laughs> never mind there's a rat on the ship <laughs> <laughs> Arr, we've got lots of those <laughs> so you're trying to sneak stealthily nice and easy along the long hallway that leads to the brig and then at the end of the hallway all of a sudden you hear a purring noise. Oh, God. Oh, no. And then out into the middle of the hallway steps a white, fluffy cat. Ooh. Oh, man. I hope he doesn't run into Snowball. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Late and Legends. Just a few announcements today. If you're interested in hearing more about Leighton Legends, check out our new website, www.leightonlegends.com, where we'll be keeping a schedule of our episodes, as well as merchandise and additional content for listeners. If you'd like to support Leighton Legends, join us over on Patreon. We have a number of reward tiers for patrons, and there is no pressure to stick around if you'd like, but we'd love your help. Additionally, if you can, please like Leighton Legends on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and leave us a review on Facebook or iTunes. These reviews really help our podcast get out into the internet and find new listeners. If you'd like to become a character in Leighton Legends, like and share the podcast in any of our social media feeds using the hashtag Leighton Legends, lowercase, all one word. And you might just find that your name pops up in the adventure. I've got a lot of characters coming up this season, and I'll be needing character names. Share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram with the hashtag Leighton Legends, and you might find out that your name makes its way into the podcast. Additionally, our Leighton Legends videos have been making their way onto YouTube. Brendan has gone back and converted our early adventures from Season 1 into cool little comic videos for viewers to watch. I'm personally really enjoying what he's done and the artwork that he's created. If you want to check them out, just look for Leighton Legends on YouTube. They come out every Wednesday at 10 a.m. We hope you enjoy them. That's all for now. Let's get back into the adventure. 
How big is this cat, like pound wise? Is this like a big old chonky cat, or is this like a <laughs> like? <laughs> it looks like a well-fed cat, but it's a cat that's had to earn its meals. This is a house cat, by the way. This is not like a, a lynx or something that's <laughs> just walking around. Oh yeah, I, I, you know, so but there's like you know there's like ten, twenty, thirty pound cats, like house cats. You know what I mean, like going from lean to boxy to morbidly obese. You know, so we say, <laughs> um. Is the cat Jesus from Christ. is the cat from Renlin or Nardini? These details are all very important here. <laughs> How far is this cat from me? Can I see it? I, I, I hear it. In human terms, this cat is about fifteen feet from you. Mm. Uh, in rat terms, this is like a league. Shoot, you can smell him. Oh, you can smell him. He can smell you, and you can see each other. Ooh, okay. Um, is there anything nearby to hide in? It's a straight hallway. Gosh. <laughs> Ooh, boy. <laughs> Dip, deck, and dodge. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm good. I might try. I don't have the, fr- I don't have the hit points, man, to, to lose. <laughs> no, you most certainly do not. No. Your hit points are 1d4 minus 1. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> uh, In which case, you just revert back to Val, so. Yeah, unfortunately, that was that was my bold uh, fun move, but I think that I'm going to have to... Uh, How many times do you get to Wild Shape during one day? I believe twice a day. You're level four. It should be at least two. Yeah, I think it's twice. I think it's twice a day. So, I mean, if she scares you out of it, just turn into a, a cat. Mm. <laughs> it's slightly bigger Actually, cat. Can I swap into, into Snowball here? That would scare that cat. Oh, okay. Are you, Val, turning into a mimic of this other cat that's on the other side of this hallway? Yes. Okay, there's a popping noise, and all of a sudden, (laughs) Val the rat is now Val the cat. (laughs) The cat on the far end of this hallway jumps back a little bit as you turn into another cat and kind of runs maybe about 10 feet back. So it's in that common room now that has the staircases that lead up and down the ship. And it's staring at you, and you can hear it's now kind of growling. (laughs) That's fine. Well, I'm going to give it a... And then just try... I'm going to try and move past it. Go on my way. Okay. Um, so you are going to be entering its range of attack. It's going to attack you. It's going to jump at you and try to scratch you. Cat fight. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Uh, so he's going to roll to hit. He got a nat one. So he jumps at you, Val, as you run at him. You're trying to nimbly move around him, and you kind of are definitely trying to move to the right-hand side so that you can run up the staircase that leads to the top deck. And then this cat jumps at you, and it vastly overestimates the distance between you and it, and it just jumps clean, clear of you, and hits the wall, and then is knocked unconscious on the ground. <laughs> it's one of those flat-faced cats now. Yeah, <laughs> it's, all sm- it's all smushed up. Very good. Carry on. Search for Michael. Okay. So just like when you went through this room earlier this morning, this room is empty. There's nobody in it. And you know this because the shift change hasn't occurred yet. So no one would be in this common area here. So you're able to kind of step up the stairs that lead up to the top deck, jumping stair to stair. And then you pop your head out the top of this staircase and you're looking around. Could I have you roll a perception check? Yeah, of course. Uh, Now I get advantage on that eh? as a cat. No, you get a plus three to perception plus three. as a cat. Uh, and Val, cat Val, rolled a 12. 
popping your little cat head out the top of the staircase, you're looking around on the top deck and you can see that there is a skeleton crew kind of working the shifts. Maybe you'd estimate about eight people walking around. You can't see first mate Michael anywhere and you can't see Captain Pauline anywhere. There's nobody who seems to be of authority on this deck at this time. What time of day is it, Josh? I'd say it's probably about noon. Okay. So this is all happening in the same day. Yep. Okay. This is your fifth day on the ship. You broke out once and then you broke out again and Giovanni got beaten and then thrown into the brig. So this is all the same day and it's about noon. You can see one of the Bruces at the front of the ship. Uh, good. I'm just going to, I'm just going to cruise around. Just, you know, just kind of went over and just kind of on him. Okay. So you kind of rub yourself up against his leg. Yep. Okay. All right. So the Bruce kind of looks down and sees you kind of uh, headbutting his leg, and he looks down and he says, Oi, Snowball, you don't often come outside this time of day. Good to see you, little kitty cat. And he reaches down and gives you a nice little scratch behind your ears. <coughs> and, then, <laughs> and then you roll on your back and you show him your stomach, and he's petting that, and it's great. It's um, getting real creepy. Yeah, he's like, oh, I see you got yourself a new little scarf there. And he can see that you have, like, your green scarf on. Because that's typical of whenever you transform yourself into another animal. Not much to it. Meow. That's great. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> you got pet as a cat. Your friends are in the brig. <laughs> um, uh, you know what? Before I just want to work. Uh, before I go maybe where I think Michael might be. Can I check the lower level? Uh, you want to go back downstairs? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So you do that. Uh, so you take down the stairs and you go down to the mid level. You can see that again, there's not anybody here who's hanging out. Uh, you walk behind the staircase there, and then you end up walking down the stairs that lead to the very bottom level of the deck. You can see that there's, like, two guys that seem to be, like, smoking cigarettes at the front of this, but you don't see Michael anywhere. Okay. To the cargo hold? This is the cargo hold. Oh, is it? Okay, one big one big level. Okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'll make my way back topside and towards the captain's quarters. All right, so you do everything you just did in reverse. Yep. <laughs> and you turn around, you come up the stairs, you go to the mid-deck, nobody's there. You go up to the top deck, there's a skeleton crew that's kind of walking around. You are now on the top deck, being a cat. Can I get to the captain's door? Yeah, sure. So you walk towards the captain's quarters, and you can see that there's the door, and it's closed. And nobody else is there. <coughs> Okay, you start scratching at the door. There's scratching. You hear steps behind the door. And then the door opens, and there's first mate Michael standing there, and he's looking down at you, Snowball Val the Cat. And he says to you, Hi there, Snowball. I thought I let you out just a moment ago. Hey, little boy, you want back in the captain's quarters? That sounds so creepy out of context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is where I'm at right now in the podcast. <laughs> And play cute and then, yeah, let myself in. Okay, so actually Michael reaches down and picks you up and kind of puts <laughs> you on your back in his arms and like cradling you like a little baby and like scratching your stomach. Okay. As he walks back into the captain's quarters. It's really weird, but I'm going to totally play along. Sure, of course. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm hating it, but I'm, lo- I'm, I'm hating it. I'm hating it, but Snowball's loving it, so. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit of both. It's tough to maybe know where the both. lines it's are weird. anymore. It's weird, man. It's weird, you know? When you when you turn into an animal, like you feel like itches. It's like your skin, you know, your skin is a little different too. You know, it kind of feels nice, nice little bit. <laughs> okay, uh, could I have you roll a perception check? Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Uh, so that was an eight. Okay. All right. So you are being held in Michael's arms, 
He's walking back into the captain's quarters. You look around the captain's quarters very quickly. They're a little bit larger than other rooms on this vessel. It's certainly larger than the room in the brig. And you can see that there is a large desk that's situated in the middle of the room facing the door that would come into it. And it is backed by large glass windows that look out over the back of the ship into the sea. At the desk, you see a man. And he is sitting there wearing a black robe, and his hood has been pulled back. He's sort of a balding person. He has short hair around the sides of his head. He seems to maybe be a human in about his 40s. That's about the best that you can make out of him. Looking around, you can see that there are three beds that are leaned against the wall. They are not hammocks, they're bed beds. So I guess that kind of ruins our theory of that the bed in the brig is the only bed that exists on the ship, because here are three more. On one of the beds is laying a human form, which you presume to be Captain Pauline, assuming that, you know, the only three people in this room are Michael, this mysterious man, and Pauline. Along the walls, you can see that there are a couple, like, cabinets, wardrobes, and that's about all you see in the room. Good. Um, do I see, like, if I have, like, a pillow or a bed or some place where it's kind of, like, my zone? If there is one in this room, you do not see it. Okay. So, all right. I'm a free-range cat. All right. Perfect. And Michael still has me, correct? Yep. Okay. Well, I'm just going to just play ball until he sets me down. Or I don't feel that key around his neck at all, do I? Nope. <laughs> well, I don't know. You you roll a perception check if you want to, or investigation check, I think, would be a good check for that. Yeah. I want to Yeah, I want to see if I can't see if it's hanging up or um, if he's keeping it on his person. Does he stash it in? 22. That's a nat 20, actually. All right. So yes. you do not see a key that is being held around Michael's neck. In fact, it doesn't seem to be anywhere on his uh, upper body torso. But you recall that as he was picking you up, you saw a ring of keys that were notched to the belt at his waist. Mm. You presume that perhaps the key that could get into the brig might be there. Mm. Okay. I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to just sit on that one, I guess. I, okay. I don't know if you want to flash back to the other guys for a moment. I'm just going to kind of see if he doesn't uh, slip or something. That's a good idea. All right, so let's flash back. Mordecai, Giovanni, you guys are in a ectoplasm-covered room. What are you doing? <laughs> That's so nasty. <laughs> Mordecai is uh, currently using some of that ectoplasm to grease up Giovanni's wrist and ankle. Help him uh, slip out of the, the, the remaining cuffs. I like how you're using Mordecai's voice to describe yourself. Like, this has happened before, like, in the past, like, I'm, oh, wait, I'm taking up the ectoplasm and I'm rubbing it on Gio's hands. And, like, Gio's like, why are you talking like this? <laughs> Gio is loving it. <laughs> you know, it's really good for your cuticles. Yes, the, I could feel the exfoliation happening in real time. It's quite incredible. Yeah, we're just going to try and help them slip out of that remaining arm leg that are still attached to each other. Okay. Did you want to do that, Gio? Is that your plan? I mean, you are a autonomous living person. You can make these decisions if you want to. I, I quite like Gio's plan. Uh, all right. Okay, so... Or sorry, Mord Mordecai's plan. Jesus Christ, sorry. <laughs> we came up with it together. It's fine. Yeah, team effort. Okay, so uh, could I have you roll a dexterity save, but with advantage? Is that Oh, for me. Okay. Yeah. With advantage, because the ectoplasm, I'm I like it. You. Yeah. 20. Okay. So you are able to pull your left wrist out of this long chain that connects your feet to your arms, and it is now free, though you still have one that is on your ankles. 
But is it like connected to my hand or is nope. it just you have loose full chain? range of motion? You just have a loose chain now that's pulling from your leg. Should we try to could we try to squeeze out of that or is that or would that not be allowed? Uh, this role was symbolic of you being able to try and get out of. It. Oh, okay. Man, it's going to be really hard to sneak around with that thing jangling behind you. I want to pick it up and swing it around like a mace and be like, I don't plan on doing much sneaking. Well, I mean, you can do that. It is still attached to your foot, though. So, like, you're you're swinging this from your foot? I'm confused. You can kick. Where some see a weakness, Giovanni de Chambray sees an opportunity attack. Man, we really should have tried to slip your ankle out. (laughs) So it was still attached to your wrist and you could have used it as, like, a weapon. C'est la vie. Hindsight. Yep. <laughs> Can I wrap it around like my uh your calf? Yeah, so it's like a sweet like power kick armor thing. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that was you re- wrap it around uh, your left leg. You're gonna have one jingly leg. Awesome. I think that's a good idea. I'm super into it. I mean, it's also protecting your leg in a sense. Sorry, are you guys doing anything else in here? I would like to uh, uh, can I use my misty s- step out of the room? I was say, can I use my sweet new chain leg to try to kick the door open? <laughs> All of this can be done. You guys just have to decide what you want to do. I want to try to kick the door with the extra weight of the chain on my leg. Now, go for it. And if that doesn't work, I'll misty step out of the room. Is that just a strength? Yeah. Just a strength check. That's a that's that's a nine. Nope. You kick yourself back. You're on your butt. Oh man. <laughs> hey man, you tried. And then I blink out of the room onto the other side of the door. Okay. Uh, you see Giovanni just kind of fall back onto his butt, and you're like, "Well, I think I'm going to take care of this now." And then you take a step forward, and you blink out of existence. And then all of a sudden, that's the end of it. Bam! You hit the door. <laughs> Ah, okay, I think he put a ward on the door. You take one point of damage. <laughs> That's not so bad. So, uh, magic's not working. No, it, um, my feats of strength have proven to be quite unsuccessful today. Today it was a literal feat of strength. <laughs> you know, you know what we could do is we could just wait and perhaps take a short rest waiting for uh, old Valley Boy to get back here. Yeah, I'm into that. Okay, I'm going to switch over to Val. Uh, Depending on what happens, we'll decide whether you guys get a short rest or not. So, Val, you were being cradled like a a newborn child in the arms of first mate Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I was just reading my wild shape, and it says I can do all kinds of... uh, My equipment can merge with me or not. Uh, My clothes, which I guess then the handkerchief thing kind of makes sense, you know, which is good. Um... All right, so, uh, uh, Brendan, you said he could understand Common? As far as I'm aware, like, he can't speak or anything, but he would be able to understand Common. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right, and so... We've, and we've used it for surveillance different times, like Rat in the Hat and... Mm-hmm. So, Michael turns to the person at the desk, and he says, So, what do you think we're going to do? We got these three on the ship. What do you think the best ways to handle it? And the man who's sitting at the desk looks back up and says to Michael, I'm not really sure. This is your blunder. What do you expect me to do about it? I wasn't in charge in making sure this ship gets to the other destination. That is your job, and that is what you were paid for. This is both of our problems now. We're not going to be able to get around this. Should we just dump them? I don't care what you do, just handle it. All right, I guess that's the plan then. 
I think I have a good idea about what to tell the crew. Uh, it's just a shame, I suppose, but the sea claims all in the end, so let her take them. Hmm. And so that's the kind of conversation that's going back and forth between Michael and this fella. Val, do you want to do anything? Uh, no, not just yet. I'm just gonna just kind of just be cool. I'm just, I'm kind of waiting for an opening just yet. Uh, you can see that this conversation seems to have had kind of a very swift ending. And Michael kind of walks over and sets you down on one of the beds. And then walks back to the front door that leaves the captain's quarters. Opens it. And then steps out. Hmm. Does he, does he close it? Yep, he closes it. If you're not doing anything, then he's just going to close the door. Um, I'm going to hang with him, I guess. All right, so you're going to follow... Follow Michael. Michael kind of sees you tagging along after he set you down on the bed and out through the front door. And he says, Jesus, cats. <laughs> and then closes the door and you are now kind of walking with him. Can I send a message to uh, to Val? Yeah, of course. Why not? Because like, he can still understand common. So yep. mm -hmm. I'll shoot him a message and he'll be like, I know you're probably uh, still an animal right now. So um, give me like one squeak or one sound if uh, if things are going well. And two, if things are not going well, you can respond to this message. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you get two meows back. Okay, I'm going to turn to Giovanni. Um, um, Val says things aren't going so hot. We should probably get ready for something. Uh, Michael, is he heading down towards the brig? Is he addressing the crew? No, he doesn't seem to be addressing the crew. He doesn't seem to be heading... Well, I mean, he's not going to the brig, but he does go down the stairs that descend into the mid-deck. Okay. You're tagging along with him still? Yeah, it's gonna look real sus when there's another snowball, uh... <laughs> crumpled, up, crumpled up against the wall. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Just hang back a little bit. Yeah, it's not going to do me very much good, though, mate. I want to get those freaking keys, man. Well, I mean, if he uses them to open the door and come after us, then say la vie. Yeah, I know, but then I'll, you guys... I'll probably ready in action anyways. Oh, yeah, I know, but if, but if I go down the stairs and it's all of a sudden there's two cats, all of a sudden then... Well, he's not an idiot. He'll figure it out. Then it's just me against him, and that didn't end well for Geo. It's definitely not going to end well for me. <laughs> <laughs> without a load of my gear. Mm, f*** it. All right, we're going to have to go for broke. Go for the keys. You're going to try and go for the keys. Can you describe to me what you're doing? Yeah, okay. Um, now, I, I got a pretty slick roll. Um, are they, like, are they on a hook? Are they, like, clasped with a carabiner? Do you know what I mean? Like, are they sitting on, like, like, a hook? Are they clasped shut where I won't be able, like, to manipulate it? Because if, if that's the case, then there's really no sense in trying. So, based off of your investigation check that you took earlier, you know that these keys are kind of on a carabiner. It's a very kind of crude carabiner. And for you listening at home, carabiner is kind of like what you would refer to as a hook for rock climbers. It's like this C-shaped thing, and it has a clasp that is held holding this C shut that's held by a spring. And that seems to be the design. It's a very crude kind of design that's on the belt of Michael that's holding these keys to his person. <sighs> well, dash that then. Oh, here's, here goes nothing, man. Can I just play at them? Like, like almost like climb. You want to swat like, at them. Yeah, like climb up, climb up his legs, like stretch up cat-like and, and like just like bat at them. 
We'll see what he does. Sure. So Michael is at the top of the stairs and you run up to him and you kind of start rubbing against his leg and then kind of stand up on your hind legs and bat these keys that are dangling from his belt. They are a little bit outside of your reach. Remember, you're only a cat. Yeah. But you're able to kind of swat at them. He looks down at you and he says, oh, hey, Snowball, <laughs> you want the keys again? No, I got a job for these. Can't give them to you today. Does he unhook them? Or he, no, he's just... No, he leaves them where they are and continues to take the first step down the stairs to the mid-deck. Uh, damn it. If only it was a different day. It sounds like uh, Michael gives the keys to the cat on occasion. <laughs> Battery's just being funny with the cat. Um, damn, I'm just trying to what to do. I'm really stuck, man. That was a good mission. I, apart from maybe trying to tackle him down the stairs, knock him unconscious. <laughs> yeah. Can I trip him? Like, do like, do like that snaky old cat, like, like, you know, like between, you know what I'm talking, you know, you got a cat, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. So he starts stepping down the stairs and you are kind of walking in between his feet as he's stepping down, but he has looked away from you. So he doesn't see that there is now a cat that's kind of going in between his legs. I need you to make a dex check and he's also going to make a dex check. Oh, thank God. Oh, crit fail. God damn. Okay, and Michael rolled a 10. So, all of a sudden, Michael kicks you. He flies <laughs> forward. <laughs> and, and you, Val, he ends up tumbling down the stairs. But you, Val, get kicked across. And you're now on the mid-deck. And you hit the wall on the other side. And you take... You take four points of damage. <laughs> and you are no longer a cat. Nope, I am an unconscious Val. <laughs> you hit the wall. You become Val. And he is tumbled on the ground, and he takes... Concussion. He takes three points of damage. He looks up from where he's at, and he said, God damn, Snowball. And then he looks up, and he sees you, Val. And you're sitting there, <laughs> looking back at him. And you're just looking at each other. Each other, each other, each other. for listening to our podcast the next part will be coming out next wednesday if you're interested in hearing more about us please follow us on facebook instagram twitter anchor or patreon as late and legends a special thanks to our patrons this week aaron al kate ethan and paula if you're like these very special people and want to support our podcast join us over on patreon we'd love your help with that we'll see you next week, week.